Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hey, how are you doing? It's Ivan here. Really hot day here outside of Stockholm. We've had a very, very hot couple of weeks. And uh, it's the last day that I have before I step into the wilderness to be part of an advanced uh, wilderness survival training. I'm really excited about this. It's something that I wanted to do for a long time to learn how to really set up a solid camp and build a shelter and become a lot more proficient with identifying mushrooms and medicinal plants, finding food in the woods, finding ways to build traps and create weapons from scratch, create rope from from scratch. It's uh, it's pretty exciting to me. And um, not only have I wanted to do this for a long time, but as I'm exploring the multiple potential timelines of where we're headed as a, as a culture, as a civilization, I haven't been able to fully rule out that some off-grid living is going to be important in the not-too-distant future. And so, for me, this is also about having that foundational grounding, like, fuck yeah. I can take care of myself, even off-grid. I can take care of the people I love, even off-grid. And it seems like this need to to feel more ground and more powerful has been up for a lot of people lately, because a lot of men have been coming to me wanting to work on their warrior lately. Only yesterday I posted uh, a post on my private Facebook wall about the, the beautiful things but also the limitations of the Mankind Project that I was heavily involved with back in the days. Recognizing that it has become a fairly politically correct organization that doesn't truly bless and nurture the power, the ferocity, the integrated rage of a man. And right now the way things are going, that would be rather good to have men who have worked on those energies. And so men are coming to me and they have been wondering about the warrior archetype. And some of them have even discovered an old popular article I wrote on a previous website, masculinetomoves.com. It was a uh, an article called... Uh, David Data and the Three Knights of Iron John. And uh, in that article, I really delved deep with exploring the evolutionary journey of the warrior archetype. And it is this territory and terrain I will take you into today with the hope that it will bring you powerful insights, maybe even breakthrough insights, that allow you to become more welcoming and more um, 
friendly with some of the darker warrior energies that run inside of you because they run inside of us all. So, as I'm stood here overlooking the ocean on this beautiful day, I invite you into this quite exciting and powerful conversation. We're going to be speaking today about these three stages of warrior development. And you may know these ideas from the mythopoetic work of Robert Bly. He featured the idea in his classic Iron John that there are three stages of warrior development. Starts with red, moves into white, and ends up in black. In the Arthurian stories, you hear in the story of Percival, who leaves the homestead of uh, where he's been spending his whole life with his mother. And she's been sheltering him from the world because his father and his brothers died as knights pursuing their heroic conquests. And she didn't want to lose her last son. But finally, she sees the knights of the Arthurian realm and and he's so inspired and he wants to be like them and in order to become that knight he meets a red beastly savage primal warrior he wears red he's red all over and so again you have this theme that there is a redness connected to a very primitive beastly rageful ferocious warrior and so this, this theme has been seen in fairy tales and it's been beautifully rendered in a movie that I really enjoy, Terry Gilliam's The Fisher King, which is based on the same story from the Arthurian lore, where, where Perry, in, played by Robin Williams, is pursued by this red knight, fire blowing out of his face, and that red knight is is a symbol of the unhealed trauma of uh, the death of his wife, the murder of his wife. Because she was, she was killed by a, a loser wielding a shotgun that was just angry with the world and just blasted her brains out. And so he's pursued by this red knight. And so this is very evocative imagery. I love this imagery and it seems like it's hitting home with a lot of you guys and even women who are choosing to listen to to this podcast. And I'm going to take you now through these three stages as conceptualized by Robert Bly, but also they run quite parallel with the work of David Data, which is at least conceptually interesting. So in life, a boy is typically born into red. You were born into red. It's the time of your life when you're exploring the boundaries between life and death. You probably do that by killing a lot of insects and maybe even bigger animals. You're exploring power hierarchies in school and you would rather be on top, but if you can't be on top, you find other hierarchies to excel in. And so you're very familiar with this idea that there's a pecking order, right? But obviously, we can't all be at the top of the pecking order because only one can be at the top of the pecking order. That's part of the, the shitty deal. And, and yet, it seems that this 
very important part of a boy's development where he does learn about embodiment, about navigating boundaries through maybe rough and tumble play, sports, whatever it is. This red stage has become increasingly demonized as problematic. It is an expression, shall we say, of toxic masculinity, quote unquote, or the world just doesn't want boys like that, right? And so the second stage of the warrior development is white. And when you turn into white, you climb the tower of idealization of yourself and of the kind of effects and impacts you can have in the world. You want to be noble. You want to be just. If you see it in a mythological setting, you want to be the white knight riding the white horse to slay the dragon that is holding the damsel captive in the high tower. Feels wonderful, right? Very meaningful, very validating. And a man today will get a lot of validation for being virtuous in this way. So our culture really likes white now, yeah? This is where you have the kind of activist type that doesn't really understand that so much of what I'm fighting is actually a projection of my own inner exiled anger, rage, instinctual red force. Huge, huge societal challenge right now. And then it's the coveted black and night stage. In the uh, movie, The Last Samurai, I love this movie. Uh, it has Tom Cruise in a leading role of Nathan Olgren, Captain Olgren, who's traumatized after slaying the Native Americans in the United States. And he finds himself in Imperial Japan with the uh, samurai. And the samurai lord Katsumoto is this black knight. Maybe you have watched this movie. It's a beautiful movie. He is a coming together of territorial fury, ferocity, rage, aggression, claim, all of that, and nobility, a justice of being in pursuit of a more ideal world. And it's encapsulated so wonderfully in the image of the cherry blossom. In the last samurai he's pursuing the perfect cherry blossom so you could say then that the black knight being the point of integration is the coming together of the red and the white and i believe that the reason so many men are seeking this knowledge right now seeking to understand more about the warrior archetype it's because they feel, and probably you feel, the red force churning deep inside of you. It is a fire. It feels violent. It feels aggressive. And you're very afraid of unleashing it on the world. And the more you try to prevent the world from receiving your red through putting on a white knight nice face, the more this inner red pursues your 
dreams, pursues your fantasies. You know there is violence inside of you, but you cannot come to terms with this fact because the culture doesn't allow it. This was my story at the beginning of my 20s, when the repression barrier of my primal red force started lifting. And all of this content, this archetypal content started emerging in my psyche. I was terrified. This is why I care so much about this content because I thought that I would be institutionalized because there hadn't been a single man in my whole lifetime showing me, teaching me that the red force was good because the red force had been punished when I was little. It is almost always punished. This vital force, this destructive force, this kid, he will break things because he's looking to find the boundaries of life, to looking to find where right ends and wrong begins, where life ends and death begins, where I end and you begin. That's the whole purpose of red. And it's therefore an essential part of becoming a healthy man. And so all of that fire that you're feeling deep inside, even though it feels destructive, it feels violent, is actually an invitation to becoming a healthy man, see? And so this idea of these three stages is very congruent, runs very parallel with the idea that David Data has of three stages of masculine development where the first of these stages is, well, basically red. It's kind of that guy that is very attached to being masculine, being the breadwinner. He's very kind of crude and it's not very sensitive to, to his partner because he knows where everything should be and he is sort of the lord of the, lord of the manor, so to speak. And, and that is the red knight. It's very parallel. And then you turn into the second stage man. You probably all know the David Data developmental model. There's this idea that finally you're fed up with all of this conflict, all of this friction. You want to be more sensitive. You want to be more attuned to yourself, to the world, to your partner, to your children. And so you turn into this more vulnerable guy, this more open, heart open guy. And that's wonderful until you realize that you're starting to completely lose yourself because you're repressing the red. No boundaries anymore. Dignity is starting to be eroded because I say yes when I mean no, because I lose my sense of boundary. I get entangled. I struggle. And then the third stage in David Data's model then is the idea of the coming together of these two. It's exactly the same as or very closely related to this idea of the Black Knight. Katsumoto of The Last Samurai is the third stage man. And so it's a very high and lofty ideal. And when men have been pursuing the David Data work of pursuing this ideal, I, I see that a lot of it has been imitation. Trying to be something that has been idealized by imitating the outer characteristics standing in a certain way, walking in a certain way, 
looking and being in a certain way and somehow by faking it I will become the Black Knight. I don't believe in that approach. And so at this point in time I don't know that I really believe so much in the David Data way of working with the warrior archetype. What I believe is necessary is to be humbled in a container over time by somebody who strips away all of the layers of bullshit and self-deception. And this is what the nice guy needs, right? If you're a nice guy like I have been for so much of my life, you are a liar. Lying is a lifestyle. The white knight lies. That's what he does. He lies about the dangers in the world so as not to see that he is the very thing he is identifying outside of him. He lies because he doesn't want to be exposed as having rage, having aggression, having power. And so he pretends to be nice. I'm nice. Of course I will do that for you. You know, this is the kind of masculinity that a lot of you guys are getting bloody tired of. And so that's why more and more of you are contacting me and reclaiming the throne about this. This is my firm belief. And after the break, we're going to go deeper into the manifestations of these three knights, the way we don't actually embody the red knight in the world today, culturally, and also a little bit more about what you can do in order to make that happen. So I'll see you after the break. As a listener to the Walking with the Archetypes podcast, you are part of a growing minority of men who want to reclaim their personal power. You want to know why the world is still burning and why you keep experiencing the same problems over and over again. Most of all, you want to be free to live the life that you were born to live. Yet the reality is that we men are struggling with hearts full of shame and minds full of lies. Yes, we all lie and so do you. Our lives become days of quiet desperation. And what is the way out? Facing our demons and the truth of who we are. To help you do that, I have created the ultimate intro to Masculine Archetypes training, a powerful six-week immersion into the themes of this podcast. And men are constantly raving to me about their breakthroughs after having gone through it. When you are ready to take the next step and give yourself this powerful experience, go to innerthroneacademy.com slash U-I-M-A and use the discount code PODCAST for 10% off. And now, back to the program. Okay, welcome back. So let's dive into how this misunderstanding of these three stages of warrior development in our culture are really tearing us apart. And let's also look more at what is happening to leaders of countries, of corporations, of NGOs that haven't embodied this idea, hasn't embodied their red. As we covered a little bit in part one is that when I am a guy, I'm a nice guy, you know, I'm virtuous, I'm noble, I'm justice and, you know, I'm an embodiment of everything that a nice person should be. And as a result, I, I don't have access to that red. I don't have a sense 
of my own capacity to be violent, to kill, to be just savage. And in order for a man to go to that place after having lived a lifetime of telling himself that he's nice, that takes a lot of work. Right now, I'm seeing several men in, in my field going through that work, and it's hard. It is hard to realize how violent I actually am deep down, that I've been shoving it down for a while, for a lifetime perhaps. But it's even harder to see men like this in positions of influence. Running countries, corporations, NGOs, completely oblivious to the kind of darkness that lives inside of him, the kind of sadism, the kind of desire to be top dog, to be crushing the opposition, to climb the power hierarchy, to be the top dog, the alpha male, repressing all of it. His idealized self is, I'm a good man. I am a good man. And thanks to a lacking initiation in his life. Because unfortunately, he's grown up in a culture that is very ritually tone deaf. We don't understand how important this is. Precisely because of that, he can't help but take all of that violence, all of that aggression that lives inside of him and externalize it as other. This is what happens. This is what happens when we don't become whole. What we have not been willing to see in ourselves, we will project onto others and make their problem. And so here we have a world full of uninitiated men and women that are completely out of touch with their capacity for destruction their desire for being top dog because they haven't integrated this they're paranoid they're full of anxiety they see enemies everywhere and thus they go to war to slay the dragon and save the damsel in distress and the damsel is always some flavor of vulnerability that the man has not been able to own in himself. And so then we will see men like Justin Trudeau, for instance, the epitome of the nice guy, doing everything right in the woke book, yet taking his country, Canada, closer and closer to tyranny, protecting it against the projections of his own repressed red. It is so dangerous. So dangerous. This is running rampant in our culture. Nice guys are dangerous. I was dangerous when I was a nice guy. I know that. That's why this is so important to me. If you were a nice guy, you're dangerous. Because you don't know the capacity for destruction that lives inside of you. And so you become anxious, paranoid, and you go to war against people who are reflections of what you are unwilling to see in yourself. Dangerous. And so what can we do about this? You have to realize as a man that this lives inside of you. This has been 
very difficult work for me. It is very difficult work for most men. If you have some kind of warrior discipline, it's a wonderful thing. If you have done martial arts, you are in a lot better shape with this work. A lot better shape. Because you know then how easy it could be to actually break somebody's neck. It's just a matter of nuance, a matter of details, a matter of centimeters, an inch here or an inch there, and you're a killer. You know. But when you don't know, well, let's just say you have to know. And this is where the capacity of the Black Knight comes in. Because what describes the Black Knight is that he has eaten his shadow. It's a beautiful image that Robert Bly brings. That is why he is black. He's eaten his shadow. And so all of the idealizations that I've held have crumbled. All of the projections I put on the outside have been withdrawn, or most of them, many of them. And thus, I have come to realize who I am. And because I have reclaimed the parts of me that I have been unwilling to own, I have become whole. And whenever I see another, I do not make them wrong anymore. Because I have reclaimed that part of me, all I see is an aspect of myself that I have chosen to work with. And since I did, I am no longer so threatened by it. So as a man today, the most important thing to become a healthy agent of change in the world, aside from opening your heart, which I consider absolutely basic. I know it's not necessarily, but you know, men's work has been about pursuing the opening of our hearts for so long now. It is the second stage man. It is the white knight. We need to talk about the black knight. And that is a man who with an open heart, I'm talking to you now, listener, that you sit down and come to terms with how many people in the world you would like to hurt, maybe even kill. When you do that, not only will you be a lot less likely of hurting them and killing them, you will be a lot less likely to hurt yourself. You will be a lot less likely to hurt your children, your partner, people you care about. Having reclaimed the darkness, having owned that savage, instinctual self that lives in me, that lives in you, that lives in all of us, you have become a safe man. And that is what the epitome of warrior development is all about. Moving from the savage, instinctual self in red, that early life testing stage, but also you will find this red in urban gangs, you will find it in multiple martial arts where people are leveraging the red in order to psych each other out. Like Colin McGregor just like being a cocky asshole. I mean, he hasn't been doing as well lately as far as I can tell. But this is typically what they do, right? They try and they go straight, you know, face to face and trying to psych each other out, leveraging red. Moving then into the white. Justice, nobility, taking care of the vulnerable, saving the damsel in distress, slaying the dragon. Then black, 
realizing that the dragon is me, realizing that so many of the evils that I see in the world were just projections of my own repressed psyche. And then you have become the Black Knight. Not only will you become a trustable man to yourself and to your partner, to women, to men, but you will be somebody who will have a fighting chance of becoming a beacon for a more generative human culture. There is no way, I believe, at this point in time to actually be in a role of changing human culture without starting to embody this black. Because then I'm in the know. I see things clearly. I see the truth. I'm not deluded. And so that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Pursue the darkness, the red force that you have repressed through journaling, through trainings with us, with somebody else, through sports, through really just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, yes, I am a killer. Doing that and you start embodying black. And then you will be just a force for a lot of good in this world. So thank you for listening. That's what I have for you today. And I will speak to you again next week. I'm sat here listening to the cicadas sing to me, listening to the breeze blowing through the foliage around me, watching the straws quiver in the breeze. And it's, it's a lovely day. It's a lovely feeling. The combination of a warm summer day and a cool ocean breeze is just unbeatable in my world. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. Really hope you're enjoying yourself out there. And that today's podcast was helpful. Know and anchor this deep into your being that the warrior archetype is highly highly needed in any man's life, in any person's life, really. And it is so welcome. It is so welcome. So may you stop repressing your power, may you stop repressing your anger and rage, and rather seek to claim dominion over it and become integrated. Because there's a lot that is beautiful that needs your protection. And probably next week, I think I will return late Thursday. But probably next week I will be inspired to dive straight into a podcast on the Wilderness Survival Training. We'll see. But whatever you do until then, may you be well. May you have a great time. Eat some strawberries, drink some wine, swim in the lakes and oceans. <laughs> wander in the mountains whatever it is you want to do and uh, i will be uh, looking forward to connecting with you again next week have an amazing weekend much love thank you for joining me in this week's walking with the archetypes it's been a pleasure to spend this time with you and don't forget you are invited to come walk with me next friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms to go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to masculineos.com for a comprehensive 
free guide.